0: Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word, and I'm glad you're with me today. We are in the season of epiphany right now in the the church, for those of us who are in liturgical churches uh, and observe the different seasons of the church year. And the reading plan, or the the lectionary as it's formally called, uh, for this time of year, takes us into some readings about Jesus, helping us to see him as God who has come to us in human flesh. Um, But if you look at the lectionary just broadly, and I think I've talked about this before, that those three readings that come up on a a Sunday morning, they're they're already all planned out and they're they're planned to fit within the, the different seasons of the church here. And we follow a a common lectionary. Um, It's not just the the Lutheran churches that follow these. All kinds of different churches follow this basic reading plan. And uh, the the plan really starts with the gospel lesson. And uh, and from the gospel lesson, there's support from uh, uh, an Old Testament lesson. And I'm kind of rebelling against that term Old Testament, but I really don't have a better word for it, and everybody's used to it. But it's all scripture anyhow, Uh, that that before Christ's scripture, which I don't even like that because Christ was there in the beginning. But uh, you take my meaning and I'm splitting hairs. Um, Those two lessons, the gospel and the Old Testament, they tend to match up with each other and support themes or, or be prophetic of the other and so on and so forth. And then this other reading, we, we call it the epistle reading or a New Testament lesson, or, or sometimes it's, it's just uh, called the second reading. Um, it's usually an epistle. It is usually part of a letter from the New Testament. And these are done throughout the church year as a semi-continuous reading. On holidays, they often will match up with the theme of the holiday. But on any given Sunday, uh, they can be just completely off and just kind of slowly working your way through a book. And in the Epiphany season, it's, the readings are always from 1 Corinthians, with just a couple of exceptions from Second Corinthians. And I thought that it would be interesting to dig into those readings, because we're going to come up with them on Sunday, and I'm not necessarily going to do something with them uh, in the sermon. But I have a small problem. I kind of messed up. (laughs) The lectionary plan that we follow is a three-year reading plan. And uh, I looked at the wrong year. And um, this year we're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians chapters 1 through 4. And uh, the plan that I looked at uh, is actually looking at chapters 12 through 15. Uh, So... I've already done the work for this, so we're going to go with it, Um, but we're going to do some work going through chapters 12 and 13 across the next few weeks, and we're going to start out with chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And uh, I mean, it is God's word, right? So uh, it's beneficial for us, and hopefully these will be interesting for you too, uh, even though they won't necessarily support what's going on on Sunday morning. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 goes like this. Uh, and, and this is the, uh, the, the Christian uh, standard Bible, um, a relatively new translation that I've been digging into. It's pretty interesting. Uh, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. Thus far, our text. Um... When we think about spiritual gifts, um, spiritual gifts are gifts that are given to people by the Holy Spirit, um, but people tend to get a little bit hung up on these. Um, I, I know that there are some people who they like to do inventories. I've done them. Um, I think that sometimes they can be somewhat helpful, um, but uh but I think that people get a little bit worked up with, you know, what are my spiritual gifts? What What's my place then in the church if I have this gift or that gift? Um, you know, the one that I remember uh, over and over again is evangelism. Um, do I have the gift of evangelism? Uh, sharing the gospel with other people? And... Uh, um, I think sometimes people will look at that and say, well, no, I don't have that gift, so I don't have to do it. Um, And they do that with other gifts as well. Um, So we treat it as an excuse to not do things. But I I think that uh, the the message of spiritual gifts in general is really one that's about building up the church. And uh, being human people and being kind of enamored with things that are exotic, we tend to focus on those more... uh, well, exotic gifts—things like healing and miracles and prophecy and tongues—I uh, remember being on a mission trip one time and talking with a person, and um, we, we we saw the poverty and the hurt and the pain, and and he was looking at somebody and just saying, "I just wish I could lay my hands on this person and, and heal them the way that the apostles did," and um, you know that that would be a, a great and and wonderful thing, um, but I would also submit that it's. Uh, uh, maybe not even as great as being able to share the love of Jesus with that person and give them the hope of the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body um, so some treat these gifts as uh, as though they're some are better than others and, and I want to put that to the side uh, because they're not better they're just different. Um, And and they're about serving God and and how is God using them, because God will use these gifts to connect people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit uses these gifts to help people meet Jesus so that they can have faith in him, so that the Holy Spirit can create faith in them. Now, I need to pause for a moment on one gift in particular, uh, the gift of tongues, because uh, some Christians have made the gift of tongues in particular like a mark, uh, a proof that you have the Holy Spirit. But the gift of tongues, being able to, um, whether it's speaking in a different language or it is speaking some kind of heavenly language, um, it's one a gift among all of the gifts. Uh, it's, the text doesn't say that everybody's expected to speak in tongues. And so that's kind of a corruption, and I want to point that out because there are some people out there who are Christians who will say, if you haven't spoken in tongues, you're not a true Christian, uh, to which I say, no, you're, you're misunderstanding the gift and the purpose of the gift. Um, all of the gifts are intended to help people meet Jesus. So the key to understanding spiritual gifts is actually in verse 7 when Paul writes, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. The gifts are given for the work of the church, whether it's caring for people inside of the church or bringing people from outside into the church, sharing the message of the gospel out into the world, caring for Christians inside the church who need to hear the gospel, who need to experience God's love All of them are given for the common good. Uh, These are gifts and abilities that are given for the sake of serving the church and its mission. As as Paul writes in verse 6, there are different activities, but the same God works all of them. And so the idea is that these gifts are given and that he uses them in our lives for his purpose and not for our glory. And I don't want you to lose sight of what Paul says in verses one through three of this chapter, because he's very clear that the very fact that we have faith in Jesus is a gift that God gives us. Faith is a spiritual gift that we all receive through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, whether that was through hearing the word and him creating faith in us, or whether it was when we were baptized. And with faith, we in Jesus, we, we, we receive these great, incredible gifts of the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection. You know, So we have a new life because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And that is a great, great gift that the Spirit gives. The ability to say and believe that Jesus is Lord is a gift that, that the Holy Spirit gives to us. And I, it's the greatest gift. Because without that gift, all the others are pretty useless. Uh, In fact, when we get to chapter 13, it'll talk about all of these things being like resounding gongs. And um, yeah, so we want to keep the emphasis on the right syllable. When we think about spiritual gifts, the first point is that this is a gift of faith that God gives to you and other gifts that are given are used for the purpose of building up the church, sharing the hope of Jesus with others, whether it's people who are already Christians because we need to share the good news with one another or people who have never heard of Jesus so that they too can be connected through the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives so that they can believe in Jesus because ultimately what we want is for people to receive the forgiveness of sins so that when Jesus comes back in in the resurrection, we live eternally in his glory through the the blessed gifts that he gives to us. So some quick thoughts on spiritual gifts. Uh, Next week, we're gonna talk a little bit about unity in the church and uh, and where that unity comes from and how that works. Uh, And then the week after that, we'll get into chapter 13 and we'll talk a little bit about love. Um, Thank you for being with me. I hope this was beneficial to you. Uh, I'm sorry I got things a little bit goofed up and hopefully that wasn't too confusing to you, but uh, um, hopefully these will be helpful for you in terms of thinking about your life of faith. Um, God's blessings, as usual, if you uh, like this, uh, like it, share it, uh, help people find it. Uh, If it's beneficial to you, I gotta think it's beneficial to somebody else. God's blessings.